Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer's Sermon Podcast. The readings appointed for this sermon are from the Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 3, verse 1 through 9, the Book of Revelation, chapter 21, verse 1 through 6a, the Gospel according to John, chapter 11, verse 32 through 44, and Psalm 24. God grant us serenity to accept the things that we cannot change, courage to change the things that we can, and the wisdom to know the difference. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I bet one thing the choir doesn't miss is having to see this view the whole time. Sorry, guys. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. This is one of the most relatable pieces of scripture I've ever known. Jesus, if you'd just been here, the person I love would not have died. All of us, all of us have grieved loss. All of us have known deep pain and sorrow at the death of people that we care for, the death of people who have changed our lives, have been a part of who we are. And upon their deaths, there is something deep and real within us that cries out to God, how could you let this happen? Why, God? Why? There's a strange comfort in knowing that 2,000 years ago, they were worried about the same thing. This is not a new thing for us. This is a natural Question. Jesus has been seen to do miraculous things, even to raise people from the dead. And we've all heard this story of Lazarus before. In fact, we've heard all of these stories before. You've heard all of the readings from today before. All of these readings are readings that are funeral readings in the Episcopal Church. Today we celebrate the Feast of All Saints, and we remember those people in our lives who made us who we are, who shaped our faith, who opened our hearts to real and true love, and who died, whom we miss, whom we grieve. We have a day for that. And so no matter what year it is, in all three of our, of our reading schedule years, we call it a lectionary, in all three years, all of the readings you hear are just selections from our burial rites, our, our funeral services. So you've heard all these readings before. These are the readings we hear when we are grieving. And it calls to mind a question we don't often ask openly, but we ask often in our hearts, which is, God, if you are real, why do we have to grieve at all? Jesus knew Lazarus was going to die. He said so earlier on, right in the section of this story, right before this reading. He knows he's going to die. And, his, and Lazarus' sisters, Mary and Martha, are correct. If Jesus had been there, it didn't have to happen that way. Jesus let it happen. What's that about? This is one of those scenarios where when I read the words of the people who are skeptical, 
I like to distance myself from them and pretend that they're the ones that are faithless. Not me, I know what Jesus will do. Not me, I know the power of God. And yet, when those who are skeptical look at each other and say, this guy's healed the blind. Why couldn't he have helped Lazarus? There is something so true and honest in their skepticism. And this is not new either for the church. In the very first century of the Christian church, the first communities of people who called themselves Christian, who followed Jesus, one of their primary concerns was, hey, wait a minute, you said if we believed in this guy, we would have eternal life and people keep dying. What's the deal? And it's a fair question. Jesus does not answer the question today. And so I want to just say that right out of the gates. If you're hoping this sermon will be the sermon that finally helps you understand why bad things happen to good people and why death occurs even in this, in this, within the midst of our Christian faith, uh, this, you will be sorely disappointed. This is not that sermon. Because it's never answered for us. Jesus never in all of his talking, in all of his teaching, and in all of his life, never explains perfectly for us why we experience grief and loss if we are following the God of life and love. Jesus doesn't explain it. Now, we as Christians try to explain it all the time. Man, sometimes Christians are the worst, you know? No, we are, because when someone is sad about death, we're like the first ones to be like, you know, they're in a better place. Or like, you know, they're not in pain anymore. You don't need to be sad. No, be sad. It's sad when we lose people. And there's something deeply, I don't even know the clinical term for it, screwed up about trying to undercut people's grief and forcing joy into them when they're experiencing sorrow and loss. Today, we will hear the names of those who have died in the last year read aloud in an observance of all saints. I was taken by surprise at the 8 o'clock service when our deacon Gary was reading the list and my own uncle's name was listed and I had forgotten that it was in the last year that he died of COVID-19. And I heard his name and I was shocked by my own feelings of sorrow because I believe he's alive in Christ. I believe in heaven. I believe that God's got him. And yet there are bitter tears and sorrow and grief And as much as we want to explain that away, as much as we'd like to to undercut people's grief and just get everyone feeling good, God never does that. Jesus doesn't explain it away. Jesus doesn't explain why it happens. Instead, what Jesus does is he cries too. In the story we have today, when the people are deeply troubled in their spirits, when the people grieve, Jesus grieves. And when the people cry, Jesus cries, weeps. I was so confused about that when I was growing up. I thought, he knows what's going to happen next. Why is he crying? 
Now I get it. He's crying because it's sad when people die. He's crying because when our friends and those we love suffer, we suffer too. Period. And that's not wrong. And it's not a sign of lack of faith. And it doesn't mean anything bad is about us. We're so bad at grieving, we even apologize when we cry. Come on, who here has apologized for crying? I have. It's ridiculous. I'm sorry I shouldn't be crying about a thing that's very sad. I apologize. I'm embarrassed for showing emotions to you that are real and honest and true about the loss that I feel in my life. Please forgive me for being true to my sadness. I didn't mean to ruin your day with my grieving. They're in a better place. Yada, yada, yada. Let's all have a drink. Give me a break. Jesus weeps. Jesus shudders in his soul and is shaken to his depths. And this tells me something powerful about who God is. God is not the one who explains it all for us perfectly. God is not the one who says, this is why all this happens. God is the one who shares in the sorrow with us. God may not explain it perfectly for us, but God does not deprive God's self of our sorrow and our sadness. Think for a moment, if you will, how we, how we picture God. We picture God. You can't help it. Up on a cloud somewhere, right? Watching? Come on. We do it. God's watching us from above, like someone in the audience of a, watching a play or someone listening to a song on the radio or reading a book and going, oh, I, oh they shouldn't have done that. They shouldn't have done that. That, I would have done it differently. Hmm. Let's see what they do next. Hmm. This is how we picture God. And if, and if we do it right, we're rewarded. And if we do it wrong, we're punished. And yet, the story we have and the faith we proclaim is that God became flesh and dwelt among us. And when God was among us, sharing in this life in Jesus Christ, he wept and he grieved He knew sorrow, he knew suffering, he knew pain, and this too was holy. Jesus doesn't explain away our tears. Jesus hallows our tears. Jesus shows us that our grief is not something for which we need to apologize. It is not a lack of faith. It is not something defective or broken in us. In Jesus, God is present for every aspect of who we are as people. Which which means God cries too. I understand that this is unsatisfactory for us when we just want an answer So if you need to be mad at God for not understanding, be mad at God. God's big enough to handle your anger. When Mary and Martha look at Jesus and say, you know, if you'd have been here, he doesn't say, whoa, whoa, step back, how dare you? He just kind of absorbs it because he knows this whole thing is hard. He 
He absorbs it and he allows us to be who we are, feel what we feel, yell what we need to yell, scream what we need to scream, and cry how we need to cry, and then from the depths of his soul, he cries too. There is no part of your life that doesn't belong to God. There is no feeling you can feel that is foreign to God. It's not just that God understands as if God's like, oh, it's okay, I get it. It's that God knows sorrow. God cries too. How would this change the way that we grieve if we weren't ashamed of it? How would it change the way that we grieved if we recognized God's presence in our grief? How would it change the way that we grieve if we recognized the holiness in our sorrow? And we gave ourselves permission to feel however we needed to feel. One of the most painful things, and there have been so many painful things about this pandemic, But one of the most painful things to me about all of it is our consistent desire to minimize. To minimize the severity of what's happening in our country and in our world. To minimize the severity of the effect it's having on our health, physical and mental. To minimize our grief and to try to get, quote unquote, back to normal as quickly as possible. To shame ourselves for being thrown off by a catastrophic event. To judge ourselves and others for the sorrow and the grief that is our constant companion these days. To feel like we have something to apologize for when we grieve the very real loss we are experiencing. One thing that's true of every funeral I've been to is that alongside the tears, there is laughter. There's laughter. I know that we're afraid sometimes that if we show our our tears, there's no room for joy. But that's not true. Jesus cries and then raises Lazarus from the dead. Jesus cries and then brings new life. And there is much joy and there is much gladness in that. Our sadness and our joy are allowed to live side by side. Our sadness and our joy are not at odds with each other. They live in our hearts together. Life and death, love and sorrow, tears and joy, all of them are holy All of them are part of who we are. I give thanks to God today for the people that I miss. And while I believe that they are alive in Christ, I don't feel bad about missing them. And while I know we are connected by the communion of saints, I'm allowed to cry, Jesus Christ too. Whatever you're experiencing, Whatever strange mixture of joy and grief, of sorrow and hope, lies within your heart, Jesus hallows it. Jesus knows it. 
Jesus shares with you in all of it. And it is in his name we live. It is in his name we love. And it is in his name we say, Amen.